Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to remind you all to join the new Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how we engage, educate, and entertain one another. To download free, go to www.theunionsports.com or the Union Community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Madgett, live from beautiful and lovely and balmy and humid (laughs) and really, really hot Hollywood, California. With me, using her fan because it's that hot right now, 99 (laughs) World Cup winner, Angel City co-owner, Suskia Weber, and somebody that knows a little bit about the heat, we have Club Tijuana goalkeeper Betty Diaz joining us. Benny, is it hot out there in Tijuana? Yeah, honestly, I'm sweating literally right now as we speak. It's pretty sweaty. It's, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Now, now, one of the craziest things about this, Benny, is like people are like, wait a second, what, what's going on here? You guys have never had any League MX people. What's going on? It's first off, shame on us because obviously a lot of goalkeeping going down there. But uh, there's not that many American goalkeepers that, that are playing down there. So, Benny, how did that end up happening for you? Um, I think me having both nationalities growing up, I, I was really focused on League IMX. He's, um, you know, being a fan, my, my dad and everything. So it was just like, I always focused on going to play in Mexico, you know, and thankfully I had the opportunity to have a, a goalkeeper coach and a coach to um, help me reach that goal, which was get a tryout in Mexico and land the spot in Queretaro's U15s when I was 14. So, yeah. That's crazy, man. You know, I mean, Saskia, yeah. you know, us here in Southern California, obviously, we're really familiar with the whole dual nationality thing. Obviously, you're a dual national as well, too, uh, with the Netherlands. But just, you know, in the we were just talking about, you know, Angel City, you know, played Mexico's women's national team. Yeah, they, the, the national Almond. team. Yeah. Yeah. My homie was on there. Emily Alvarado. <laughs> nice. <represented. laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, they had they had something to prove after not qualifying for the World Cup. So. I know. Yeah, they had a they had a they had a show out. They had a show out. They do. And we always, you know, there's something about the USA and Mexico, especially like when you have the men's games here in California and oh. you know, it's an away game technically for the US men. It's, it's always crazy just how it's much crazy. how much uh, Hispanic people show out. But honestly, it's growing. A lot of um, American people are getting into American soccer and like supporting the US uh, Federation and everything. And it's really competitive. It's it's cool to see it honestly like you know, I'm divided. I think a lot of people would say the same. It's just like, ah, oh, like, you know. Well, Hold on. Think, let, let, let's hear that U.S. soccer heard that you're divided so they can start making those call-ups, right? I think I think more so, on, like, I don't know as much on the men's side, but if you look at the crossover between the women that play for, for the Mexican national team that have played their college careers here in the United States, um, but now at the league down there that's doing well, you know, we have Mia Fischel at Tigris and everything like that, I think – like you're seeing so much crossover between Mex- uh, Mexican Americans g- going back and playing pro there, so the league's good. Yeah, I think I think the league is growing down here in um, in Mexico with with all the women's soccer, and, and like how you said, there's I've seen well knowing a couple of them, like knowing a couple of the girls on the national team, 
and they're from the states that grew up yeah. event, uh, that grew up in a American system, going to college and, mm-hmm. all, and all that. Because I think it's more developed, honestly, in in the U.S. Um, than it is here in Mexico. But it's growing. Don't get me wrong; the league is getting better. Oh, I think yeah. I, I honestly I think I think Tijuana the girls are gonna play um, San Diego I believe San Diego Wave I yeah, think yeah. They, I, I heard something about that so that's interesting I think that's dope when we have the chance to play even men's like here in Tijuana we played against um, San Diego Loyal who's a USL championship right. team yeah. I think and it's and cool to to yeah to be able to participate in that it's pretty dope. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Benny, you know, you're, you're obviously bringing up that whole thing with the Tijuana, San Diego. I mean, a lot of people who, who might be listening overseas right now or watching the show around the world don't realize the fact that Tijuana and San Diego are literally 20 you, minutes from each other. You can see Tijuana at night exactly. from San Diego. <laughs> no, some people, some people don't know where Tijuana is at. Uh, you just need to think of San Diego, and we're literally right next to San Diego. Like, right now, I can drive 10 minutes to the border – and I don't know, it could be 20, 30 an hour line. But after that, I'm literally in San Diego, or, you know, go to downtown. The line's longer relax, than the drive. go to the beach. <laughs> oh, literally, literally, the line is longer than the drive. People just don't realize how close it is. Yeah. I think that's cool, too. Like, I was never used to, I was used to being in Mexico now. Being in Querétaro, which Querétaro is like central part of Mexico. It was hard to like speak English on a daily Um and just be able to go to the states was just once or twice a year, so it was kind of right. odd for me to go back to the to go back to the states and speak English. So I was just like, oh, a little bit nervous. <laughs> it, it, you know, yeah. it's funny that funny that you bring that up, Benny, because I think you know one of the really cool things that we're starting to see, you know, and, and Suski, feel free to step in on this as well too, because you talked yeah. about on the women's side, <laughs> is that. With the uh, with the Mexican American players, there's a lot of players in the youth system that are that are playing on both sides. There that are that are you know that have you know relationship with both countries. For you, I know that you've spent some time in the U.S. system. Was that something that was really difficult for you, or was it something kind of like you were like, you know what, I'm I'm also you know proud of my American heritage too? Um, I think I was I was proud of it because like it's hard, like I said, because. I was raised in in Texas. I was raised in the States. So, but my parents are Hispanic. My whole family is Hispanic. So you're, you're born speaking Spanish and then you're raised speaking English. And then you go into a system where it's like, for me, it was the first time like playing with people in a long time that some of them just knew English, you know, Uh, the, the players that were on the national team. But I ha- I did have I like there was some three like same players as me with dual nationality, which it was cool like you know we would speak Spanish, but it it wasn't that hard because I I was um I was familiar with the language. Maybe if I would have been raised in Mexico and not have the knowledge that I have, it would have been kind of awkward for me to like uh, I'm not familiar with like right. maybe the slang. Or maybe just how, you know, how well-spoken my English might have been. But I, I feel like being, like me, I never went on the Mexico national team, but I'm pretty sure it's a, a different vibe yeah. than it is. But I've, I'm never, like, I'm proud of being both. Like, if it would be with the Mexico national team, I would love it. If it would be with American, whichever one, they're both, I think they're both great systems. 
Yeah, it's not it's not easy. I mean, when I went and played pro in Japan, especially as a goalkeeper, so that we have to say that because you yeah. have to give direction, you have to communicate. Oh. So for so for me going to Japan and speaking Jinglish, um, <laughs> it was it was like it was I learned I learned how to speak very like direct and very quickly. Just like yeah. I knew what right left like right left like step like it was like it had to be short yeah. and sweet. It's not easy. No, it's, well, it's, it's hard. Go ahead, Michael. No, oh, no, no. I was just, just going to say, Benny, and, and, and you can interrupt me anytime, dude. This is all about you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do want – I wanted to say, you know, one, one thing that I, that I heard from a lot of, you know, players that have gone over, you know, got scouted by League MX teams who have, you know, uh, American lineage as well too, is they go over there is that they find it, un, they find it difficult for players to embrace them as as Mexican, you know, they're they're seen very much as as American, and they almost have to prove themselves on the field. Yeah, at at the beginning, it was kind of like that, you know. In in Mexico, there's a, a whole different. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but a lot of um, like they like to mess with you and stuff. They like to like not be like mean, like in a bad way, but you know, they like to joke around a lot over here in Mexico. And somebody coming from the States, if you're not used to, like, being, like, that much, like, jokes on the team, you might take it the wrong way. But at the beginning, yeah, especially because it's different, the 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 slang or the way you speak in soccer terms than it is normal. And so it was kind of hard for me to just come in, like, just like that, like, so they would, like, make fun of me. They'd be like, oh, that's not how you say this. And they'd, like, you know, they'd kind of. They have a name. They call it pocho. They call you pocho. That's what they call um, like people that are from the states, but you know their parents are Hispanic, and it, it is kind of hard at the beginning, um, depending on the teammates that you have. But it's it's kind of hard. So it's it's it, it's funny you said that with the with the pocho thing because like I I don't know if you know this about me, but I was actually born in Venezuela. Um, okay. and and I moved to the United States when I was around eight years old or so. So Spanish is my first language. But because I was raised in the United States, regardless of the fact that I was I was born over there, when I went to Venezuela to try to play, it was very much an American playing over there as opposed to, you know, oh, a Venezuelan coming back home type of a thing. So that's why. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I was, yeah, I was kind they of They don't see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's difficult. It, it really is a little bit difficult at the beginning because, like you said, they don't see you as a Hispanic. They don't see that your parents are Mexican. They just think, oh, you were raised in the States. You're American. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think, too, is like they probably have preconceived notions, too. Like, you know, like I think a lot of people around the world and, and you probably know better th than I do is like they have they have a preconceived notion that Americans, you know, consider themselves entitled or that they're, you know, they deserve this. And, you know that it's very it's, i'm sure that that's something where like you have to especially as a goalkeeper and we have you have to work with others and coach others it's something you yeah. immediately have to te you know show them that like you're here to help the team it's not yeah. about you i think i wonder and we'll probably like coming from texas going and going and playing the style was there a big shift in the goal type of goalkeeper training um 
you know, things that you were learning that, you know, we always talk about like different styles from different parts of the, you know, we could talk about like the Norwegian, whatever the hell that yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the catch. Yeah. <laughs> like, the catch. Know? Yeah. yeah that weird know? catch. <laughs> um, it, it helped me that in Texas, I had a, a Mexican goalkeeper coach that played professionally in Mexico. So he was the one that helped me a lot. Because honestly, like technique wise, training wise is different in the States than it is in Mexico. Like the focus, it's it's really different. Like you can tell just from like, uh, I don't know who I could compare from MLS to a Liga MX, but you can just see right away that it's different technique wise. So it, it kind of was a different um, uh, training training sessions. And the thing was, I never really grew up with an American system growing up as a goalkeeper. Like I never really got into American goalkeeper training. It was just like Mexico. So I was familiar with it, but then that's when everything started happening with like where coaches wanted to um, goal kicks, bring it out from the back. And then it was like, now you had to be an extra man on the field. So that's when it kind of changed for like, I think everybody in general, but it was just like, okay, you have to get familiar with it quick. Because there were some coaches, maybe in the youth systems, that wanted you to be really good with your feet. So now it was like, okay, now I got to make saves. And now I got to be good with my feet. Too, you know? <laughs> so it was – that's when it got hard. But I, I really enjoy, like, um, uh, the training in Mexico. I think, like, a lot of the goalkeeper coaches are similar. But everybody has their own different philosophy of, of – what a goalkeeper really is and how they have because every coach will tell you they want their perfect goalkeeper to be a certain way but like the base of training technique wise I feel like a lot of like goalkeepers were all pretty even here in Mexico as in like the way you see them train it's similar but everybody obviously has their own technical abilities that will make them stand out from others right of course yeah, you know, it's 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 funny you you say that, Benny. You know, and and before we move on to the topic, Susky, I just kind of want to bring this up with you. I think a lot of people, especially in the United States, you know, they they look at something that's that's for quote unquote foreign or different than the way that they're they're coaching or their way they're training or the activities are different or the the focus is different or whatever, and they they think bad, you know. And I, I think we all need to start recognizing, and I'm I'm sure you feel the same way Suska, that you know we can all learn from each other and there's different parts oh, yeah. of the world that have different training techniques yeah and we've always talked about like taking it's a gray area and it's actually what suits the individual um you know certain styles you know whether it's the case save the block the you know traditional going dealing with 1v1s whether it's the weird schmeichel catch whether it's you know whatever it is like if it works for you and it elevates your game you know, it could be as simple as like, do you do the, the old school kick up when you uh, when you're get recovering, or do you do the spin around? Like, I have some goalkeepers. One works great for it. It doesn't work the same for the other. It's what's efficient and better for you. And you take little bits from everywhere and make yourself the best goalkeeper. Yeah, um, Benny. There's a question here from the audience right here. From this is from Scotty shoots and edits, and he goes, "How did you improve your distribution as a goalkeeper?" I think well, obviously most important thing is you having confidence in what, in what you're doing and making sure that you're like, you're following through. Cause if you're doubtful, like say on a goal kick, if you're trying to look for your, um, 
right back, your left back, your wing backs, or or if it's like a ball to the nine, like to the chest and down. If you're not, if you're like uh, hesitant, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like do it good. If you're confident in what you're gonna do, it'll, it'll, your distribution is gonna get better because you're confident in what you're doing. Yeah. Once that confidence kicks in, it's way easier for you. And you don't even, it's not like, yes, I obviously you have to practice it on your own or, or even at training. Cause I think the best thing to do is in training. If you're, if you're practicing something, do it there. That's what training's for. At the end of the day, if you mess up in training, yeah, it could look a little bit bad, but if you don't even want to practice it in training, you're going to, you're not going to do it in a game. So just do things that you wouldn't do in a game, start doing them at practice. If it's a low volley, if it's a hard pass to the nine, like from the right. chest and down, you know, just keep on practicing and focus on, on doing it with both feet. You know, I've always tried to, in a game, be prepared because you never know when you're going to get the ball to your your less, um, uh, like, you know, your, I'm left-footed. If I get it to my right, I have to be prepared that I'm able to kick it away or, or yeah. you know, give a pass with my right. So just practice on both and then be sure, do it at training. Be sure of what you're doing and that'll get your yeah. confidence up. And I think, Scotty, I think gone are the days. I think I think that young kids, coaches have to stop teaching goalkeepers to chip the ball because, like, you know, when you're little, they want you just to get it over the defense, right? Just get it out, get it over the defense. And it's your service. You have to train kids young that it's a driven ball. Like, you have to be able to knock a ball like you would, you know, so you can knock it to the nine, so you can put it over the top. You can hit it short. But, you know, you got you got these young kids, they come in and, their technique is so wrong on how to how to kick a ball and how to serve a ball. And you have to kind of retrain them. Absolutely. No, I, I agree completely. Um, I want to shift the focus a little bit because I know we're limited on time right here in regards to uh, kind of the, the defensive side of the game here. And I want to, want to talk about um, staying high. Uh, today's topic, guys, is is staying high, staying on your feet. Benny, you're really good at this. Um, I, for for maybe some parents out there who are listening who don't know what we mean by staying upright or staying on our feet, what do we mean by that? It's just knowing on when you should start um, lowering your body's um, uh, like your your posture, on deciding on when if if it's a when they're getting closer, when to start engaging, when your focus starts to be more on the ball and you have to be more alert and be prepared on because you know if you're too low on a shot you're not going to be able to react to it. Mm -hmm. and you and especially depending on goalkeepers you know there's some goalkeepers that are really tall but then they're really low like there's no need for that you know sometimes so you, you have to try to like you said make yourself big instead of going down low because then it's real hard to reach high areas or it's hard to like kind of stretch yourself and just just making yourself be big and always like you know chest forward that's how i always try to practice mm -hmm. it because you know if you're leaned back your chest is back you're never going to be able to have momentum to go forward and, and move your hands you know but so, by the way i love the fact that you did big. that right there you showed that visual right there because <laughs> i saw the difference between you leaning back and you coming forward yeah, no. and the confidence just the confidence and the posture right there no, um, yeah, yeah. You always have to like. You have to be brave. You have to be brave. Come on, you gotta have a big chest out forward. <laughs> you do. You do. Situation, you know. It, 
I you mean, want, you want the players surgery for that. There's surgery you, for that. You know, you'll be fine at the end of the day. A little, yeah. a little uh, <laughs> bleed ain't going to hurt anybody. You know, you want the attacking player to see you, not the goal. And you want to stay big. Like you said, Benny, you want your chest, you want your momentum forward. If you're loaded too early and you're small, you're not, you're, you have to reload to react, right? So you want to stay big, yeah. load at the last second so you can move even if you stay on your feet. Um, you know, you don't want that super wide stand so you can't move laterally, but you want to be big. You want them to see you. You know, here I am. You're not just seeing net. <laughs> and you can tell yeah. it in goalkeepers, and it's it's having that presence. You can look at a goalkeeper the same size, same height and everything, and you can see the goal or you can see the keeper. You know, and Suske, yeah. I've got a question for you because obviously, you know, you've worked with a lot of youth players, you know, over the years and everything like that. Why do you think so many young goalkeepers default to dropping down and trying to, to go down at the ball and then the ball just kind of slips underneath them or goes right over them? I think uh, I think they're all confused with their technique. I, we've talked about, I think, for dealing with a 1v1 or something, I think that a lot of them are using the um, the block and the K-save wrong at the wrong time. Um, they're going down five, seven, ten yards behind the ball, seven yards behind the ball. This is, a, this is a save that's meant to, when you go down, when you get low, is a save that's supposed to happen right on top of the ball. So it's like, kaboom, it's hitting you. You do it too soon, you're too slow at it, you know, and stuff like that. So you want to m maintain that size, that momentum. And then then, then when you get closer to the ball, then you can go down or see where the ball is going to go or give yourself the chance to react. But I think it's tech. I think they're not being trained right. It, it drives me crazy. I think, I think that's one of the biggest things, too, is misinterpreting when to use – we call it X. Like when you go on right. a 1v1 and you spread, I think like what Ter Stegen is great at, um, Joe Hart was, was really good at 1v1s. And I think the misinterpretation comes in on the distance between the player, the ball, and you. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. when to use it and when not. When to spread – because if distance is too far, there's no need to spread. You just stay big and you wait. And hopefully the ball is coming close to your to your body and you can react with a hand, with, with feet, whatever you need to use. If it's if it's coming at your body, let it hit your body. And that's what I speak to a lot with uh, my goalkeeper coach here in, in Tijuana. Uh, thankfully, like honestly, he's he's open to a lot of things and, and um, he we we work on, on that all the time also. And he tells me one of my problems is um, I move my I tend to move my hands I swing them forward when I come on a one v one situation. He wants me to leave them firm, and he has a point there. And that's what happens to a lot of goalkeepers too. You move your body way too much, and you're never in a firm position to wait for the ball to impact you. He's like, don't like my goalkeeper says my goalkeeper coach says, don't. Don't try to move your hands towards the ball because it's a close impact shot. You're not going to be able to move your hand towards it. Just just let it hit your body. If it's going to be on your chest, your hand, your feet, so just maintain a firm position. Don't cuz a lot of a lot of uh, goalkeepers also tend to like you know, move your chest down instead or like taking your behind you. And so I think it just it just varies. You have to you have to detect the the distance on when yeah. to spread, on when to be able to wait. 
Well, I, I want to do this right now. I want to I want to start showing some visual, you know, kind of examples, some some pictures, as they like to say. Uh, and we're going to use you, Benny, uh, as the breakdown example, <laughs> which you'll, I'm sure you'll enjoy uh, right now, so that people have some sure ideas here. So <laughs> <laughs> we always we do very we good at showing good examples. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, Benny's like, oh, he's like, he's like, are these a bunch of goals getting scored on me? Y'all couldn't find a better goalkeeper? Are, are you sure this is not a goal I'm getting scored on? No, we wouldn't do that to you. Unless you ask. And there have been some goalkeepers who've asked. No, uh, no, no. No, 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 no uh, it's fine. No, we don't have to show those right now. We'll save that for another day. So this is uh so this is in the 38th minute. This is when you were on loan with the Oakland Roots. Um, you know, shout out to uh, to yeah. Oakland Roots over in USL. Um, so basically you're in a high position right here, and uh, it looks like what happens is yeah, uh, Emra is it Cl Clementa? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, he yeah. tries to head the ball Emra. back to you, yeah. right? Yeah, he tries to head mm -hmm. the ball back to you, but uh, unfortunately, it's not a great header and and uh, you have to immediately step forward stay high because frank gaviria uh picks it up and you kind of approach it but you kind of recognize that you don't have enough time to smother it so you kind of just mm -hmm. hold position there and then you let yeah. the, like you're saying you let the ball hit you here stay high and make that save with your body and then what i love about mm -hmm. that is this immediate recovery look at that right there the cat el gato yeah. Getting right back. Yeah. Right. Right. On the, on first instance, I'm I'm playing a high line like you said because it's a long through ball, so I'm I'm waiting to see if there's any chance I could play it, and then trying to like honestly, what I've um what I've realized in the couple games I've played, if it's either in Liga MX or USL Championship, is the most important thing that happens in a game, especially for goalkeepers, I think, is the de the decision making. The decision-making is always going to be the most important thing because at the end of the day, the ball comes at you in less than a second, less than two seconds. And, like, honestly, what helped me there was to realize that ball's not going to get to me. But the closer I am to the to the opposition is going to help me to be able to have, um, like, more of the goal covered. So that's why as soon as I saw that that ball is short, I took my two steps forward. And as soon as I realized he's going to hit it, I – I just spread, but I try to not go down so fast or, you know, like you yeah. said, yeah, just try think, to be quick and, think, and hold my ground. And yeah. I think this is exactly what we're talking about. Like if you go down too soon here and it, you're too far from the yeah, ball, gets that over gets, me. it gets over you. If a lot of goalkeepers come flying to smother, you're going to get beat too because the ball's on his foot. Right. So he's kind of maybe hoping you do that as well. So stay big. And now, like we always say, Mike, he has the pressure of he has the pressure of people recovering. So he knows he's got to make a decision fast. He didn't bait you. You didn't come flying at him because he would have passed it under you or by you. You didn't do the X save, as you guys call it, too soon. So yeah. he's got nowhere to go. <laughs> he's yeah. got nowhere to go. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it, it touches his foot, and by then you're already in a position where he can't see the goal anymore because you're yeah. you're right in the space right there. And I think a lot of, and personally, Benny, I think a lot of the reasons a lot of young kids chase for this ball is just kind of like, you know, they think that that's what they're supposed to do. They're like, oh, I have to pounce on a loose ball. That's what's what I'm I'm told I'm supposed to go run at that ball and go down on yeah. that ball. Literally, no way you're going to get to that ball. Yeah, and that's no, the if, if, if he drops early about. too. Yeah, if if you drop down like you're saying that either that player identifies quicker 
and he tries to take you on and you make a PK and now it's like, you know, you're caught in no man's land and you're, you're down on the ground and you knock him down into PK. And, and honestly, it's, it seems like it's a goalkeeping error, you know, because like you said, if you if you do stuff too quick and you don't think about it, and that's when the mistakes come in, you know, like you said, plays happen like that. That play was a yeah. quick play, you know, yeah. so you have to you know, make a decision real quick. You know, Suska, one thing that I, I love right here, you know, if you're looking at this here is the simple fact that like his chest like your Benny like you were talking about with the chest out Susk, I love the fact that the second that ball is released that chest that powers out to cover that space you know and yeah. as opposed to trying to throw his hand at the ball like he was talking about you know because yeah. he knows where it's going yeah and he's big yeah. line, you've given him yeah. nothing but your body you're right and if he breaks your nose you know there's surgery for it <laughs> I mean like- <laughs> I mean, it might help. But you know what? You know what? But with you, you know, like, but you know what? With your weight forward and you're leaning into something like this, it never hurts. It's yeah. when yeah. it's when you don't do it properly that's when it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's worth it at the end of the day. I wish I could say I was already married with kids, so I don't need to do that anymore. But I, I, that's not the case. So I, I hope I don't get hit this much in the face. Ain't much to lose either way, but oh my god. Oh my oh my gosh, man. Um I, I before we move on to the next clip right here, Benny, I just want to bring up this part right here. So after the ball's hit, your immediate getup is to mm-hmm. find the ball line and scan and see yeah. where the danger is right mm-hmm. there. And again, that's a situation where a lot of young kids they go down right there and the first thing they do is run after that ball. And then the ball just gets lobbed over exactly. them. They're done. Yeah. They're no, done. It's, it's great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to move on. Let's move on to this next clip right here. Boom, boom, boom. Ah, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so this is, uh, I believe, this one right here. This is against This is against El Paso, right? El Paso. Okay. Yeah. So this is against El Paso. So Eric Avila plays a corner in. This is an interesting header right here that's played uh, up, up in the air by Andrew Fox. It's towards uh, Gomez over at the post right there. Now, he's covered, but you recognize the fact that he's got that space on the near post. Boom. Shifted. And now look at holding your position right here on the near post right there. Again, perfect position. You don't go down and die for this ball because you see that it's coming too fast. That if you had gone down, that ball sneaks underneath you. You stayed high and you let it hit your foot because it's already going there. And again, look at where you're playing it away from the dangerous space right there. So we can play it again in real time so kind of everyone can kind of see here. We've talked about Pulls this up. as well, Mike, is that, you know, I think old school, goal, old school goalkeeping, like old, old before Benny was born, goalkeeping <laughs> um, would have been like, get your hands to the ball, you know, drop down, get your hands to the ball. And how many, how many times do we see that area right at the bottom to the left of your foot or to the right of your foot, that's a difficult, you know, whether it's a front mm-hmm. smother you want to try to yeah. do or whatever, you don't want to try to go down with your hand. It's going to take too long. Get your foot there, mm-hmm. make the save, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but the only way to make that save yeah. is if your body, your body shape and positioning is properly and if your weight of your body is proper. Yeah. And I like the shift across right here because you're like, as you recognize this, this is a weird header right here, but you follow it. Yeah. And then you see, and then you take a little bit of a step forward to cover that space so that you're in front of post. Because if you had been here and tried to make that save, that's going in. That's going in because you're going negative right there. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get in front of that post right there. 
no, it's it's good positioning for sure. But I think also, yeah. As, as soon as I realized, as soon as that I saw that he was gonna get to it, um, I took that step forward also to reduce the space. You know, knowing mm-hmm. that there's other there's there's a, a number eighteen Asoka. He's kind of diagonally, so if that ball is going towards second post, I know that it's gonna most likely hit his body. So that's when I was like, okay, just try to cover that that first post and take a step forward because I realized he was going to get to the ball first. You know, like you said, I just tried to stay high, let the ball hit me. At that point, it's a it's a ball that's literally right outside of your uh, of the of the box of, of the small box. So it's like you have to just be ready for the ball. To, you can't really, like you said, you can actually try to see my left hand is trying to go to the ball, but my foot like reacts to it first but like you said right there at that point i think it's just better for the ball to hit you just don't Mm -hmm. try to get your hands quick just let the ball hit whatever part of your body it needs to if it's your foot if it's your chest your hand whatever let it hit it yeah and it'll go somewhere Uh, um by the way guys just want to let you know that there might be a little bit of a delay uh, on the wi-fi so if anybody uh is stepping over just uh just probably mine Oh, I'm gonna tell my I'm gonna tell my roommate to stop playing um, his video games. Oh, there we go. That's what the issue. That's what the issue is. Uh, that's what right it is. There. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on right here. So now we're gonna go uh, from here out of here. By the way, uh, Benny, before we kind of move on to that, like I think it, you know a lot of young goalkeepers, you know, they hear of 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 a goalkeeper, you know, playing in a big league. And they don't recognize that people like yourself, you know, it's still a stepping stone position where you have to find games where you can. And making that move to a lower division to get that playing time before going back to League MX was massive for you. Yeah, I think it, it helped me a lot. I think, you know, it, it's um, especially anywhere for a goalkeeper, it's really hard. And if you if you look into League MX, goalkeepers that are starting, you see big names in every team, basically. You know, you you I, I can name three goalkeepers right now that were starting that were either one one year older or two years older than me. You have um, Sebastián Curado at Cruz Azul, Carlos Acevedo, who's killing it at Santos, and Ángel Malagón at Necaxa. Those are three keepers that are 24, that are my age. Try to say those names. The, <laughs> <laughs> try Mike, to say try to names. say that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom would not be impressed if I tried to say those names. No, but and like other than that, you have keepers that have been starters their whole life and that are like big time keepers. So me being in that spot too, you know, being a second string keeper or third string, having to look for playing time for uh, having to look for playing time, like you said, in a lower division, I think it was the best thing that could happen to me because it just brings. There's no better way to get your confidence up. Than to play, than by playing. That that's that's what's gonna like like that's that's the best thing anything could happen to you. If it's gonna be first division, if it's gonna be second division, if you're playing, your confidence is gonna go up. And Oakland's roots really helped me, opening the opportunity for me to go and and having the chance to start um, the beginning of the season for them. And it and it also opened up a, a new. Um, it was it was something new, like like um, saying like when uh, when you went to Japan, having to communicate in a mm-hmm. different. Even though I'm familiar with the language, I'm not familiar with with soccer stuff in English. I, I'm not familiar with it. I, I've never been around like 
American coaches or, or like speaking English. So it's like mm -hmm. half of my team spoke Spanish, half of my team spoke English. So it's like, man on. And then it's like, I have to say it to the next player who only speaks Spanish. I'm like, Devan, Devan. And then I'm like, who am I speaking to right now? And it's like, I almost like literally caused the error because of my speaking skills. I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I've been there, I've been there. I was saying push your right when I meant left. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, like... no, it's, it's, it's difficult. I was like, oh my God. I would have to look over and be like, who am I? Who am I? Oh, you, you got a man on of time. You got time. And then it's like, no, 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 no. And then it's like in Spanish. So it's like, oh. But it, it was all great. Being at Oakland was great. I think that's the best thing any goalkeeper can do is, is getting minutes and then just being patient for your opportunity when, when it comes again because it's, it's, it's really hard for Absolutely. us to get um, playing time. I, I want to do this right now. Um, now I want to show you on the big time. Look at this. Look look at the difference, Suskia, on the the field right here. You can tell that the camera's way up 50,000 uh, people in the stadium type, type of thing. So this is Club Leon versus Tijuana. Uh, the ball is swung outside the 18. Uh, it's a lifted ball by 14 into the box right here. And then it's a volley. But here here's what I love about this right here, Benny, is that from this position right here, you don't go chasing that header. Yeah. You hold position. You stay nice and big right there and are ready for that volley. You don't have to do a lot there. Just stand there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what helped me there is like what you said was being in the right spot. Uh, your positioning is also really important. Sometimes you don't even have to make a big wow save because you can say that save is a normal save or not that big, but also what helps a goalkeeper is your position. Like you said, if I don't, there's no need. Cause if, like you said, if I come out straight at him, like, Oh, let the emotions go. Like, you know, boom, boom, boom. You might not get to that ball because then you're going to have it really close and you're not going to know how to react to it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, so it's like you, I, I had to realize quick that he was going to already have the ball in the air so just try to hold your position and always like, you know, not, not to go down low and make myself not be able to move to yeah. any side that he kicks it, you know? Thankfully yeah. he hit it close to me and my foot was there. Yeah, because sometimes like and we've talked we talked about this um uh with Lloyd, I think it was, um, that sometimes if you're too close, if you're too close, like let's say you're five yards closer, right? You're not on him. Mm -hmm. Then you can be beat with the pace and you can't react that fast, you know, by giving yourself yeah. a little, letting yourself just get into position, good enough position off your line. So you have the far post covered and everything if he comes across, but you're still giving yourself a little bit of depth so you can react with whatever you have to. And, and another thing I want to bring up to Susk is, is that the fact that like, a lot of young goalkeepers don't recognize that based on the area that they are within the goal is going to determine how high they come up and approach that ball. If that ball was a little bit more direct, maybe they could take a higher position, but because of the way that ball was angled, they already have their posts covered by just holding position right there. They don't have to yeah. worry about the ball mm -hmm. getting slotted to the back post yeah. there. And then see immediate again, not admiring your save. Like a lot <laughs> of young goalkeepers do Benny, right? They'll make this save right here. <laughs> and they'll they'll just they'll get up, they'll admire it. You know, you're you immediately chasing to find where's ball. Spin, yeah. Mm -hmm. You got to be oh, always yeah, ready for the second play. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's that's some little 
Uh, I think more Mexican technique. I have uh, the spin. I think that's more of the Hispanic. Not not really not really seen in the states. <laughs> it's, it's that's weird, what I'm though. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No. In in Oakland, my goalkeeper coach, he was like, "You you spin really fast." I was like, "And that's what I'm saying." Gotta find, some kids gotta find some... different ways to get up. If it's yeah, some kids tree. Doing... If it's a tree, just like boom, or if it's gonna be a spin. But yeah. that, that's what you say. You have to know when. Can't always do it. If that ball exactly. gets deflected right back to the same player, there's no point of doing a spin. You just yeah. try to get back up, balance yourself. You know. Yep. What? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Suska, I know you got to run run early. So, uh, Benny, we'll we'll finish off together. But l- yeah, I want to go hey. to this last clip before you go. go okay. Suska. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So this last one right here. This is against at. This is against Atlas. Uh, it's a dribble in the corner, defended tight. So the defender tries to steal the ball right here. He doesn't get it, and then you're immediately called into action right there. I think that's, again, a situation where a lot of young goalkeepers panic right here. But you just take a slight adjustment of position, and height-wise, you're patient. You wait for the guy to take the shot, and then you just deflect it away. And again, immediate chase on finding where that ball is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, patience. It's like you said, being patient, knowing like after my defender gets beat, just because at that moment, the striker doesn't realize where I'm at. Right, so look, his head's down. His head's down. So I think that's really important, and I've been trying to learn it. My goalkeeper coach always tries to tell me that too because it's always a learning thing on a daily basis at training. Yeah. And he's like, when the player starts coming forward, sometimes – because, like, let's say if that player gets the ball and he keeps on moving towards his left, what do we tend to do? We tend to shift to the same way. You get what I'm saying? Like sidestep. Mm-hmm. But when, that's when my goalkeeper coach always tells me, instead of taking a sidestep, why don't you take a step forward and you close his angle down? Mm-hmm. But not exaggerating, like you said, not boom, go just straight at him. But just like right. his head's down, take, take one step, step forward. forward. Exactly. And that's, a old, that's old school, and I'll tell you that. And I teach yeah. that as well. It's that you know most forwards drop their head right before they take that shot. And that's when you take your – they saw you in one position – and if you take yeah. a pre-stretch when their head's down, now their angle's totally different. And that's when exactly. they're shooting. So it's Look, head it, down step. Absolutely. It's, and it's, so, li- and it, it's so little. It's so little, Suskin. But that's how right I here. was taught because he saw yeah. you in one Boom. position, head down, and now you're shooting, but you're in a totally you're, – now you've closed the angle closer, not to the left or to the right. Old school. And Go ahead, Benny. I, I, no, I, I think um, it, that that's really important, too. Like mm-hmm. I said, sometimes we don't need to make a big, flashy save. Sometimes big, flashy saves are because sometimes we don't know where we're standing at in the goal, and we have to make <laughs> exactly. an extra uh, yeah. extra adjustment. And then it looks, like, so nice, like, wow, like, top class and everything. But if but then, like, in our own heads that we're thinking, <laughs> if I would have been a step to my left, if I would have yeah. been I say that. I say that all the time. I would be a practice. I'd be a practice, and the UCLA goalkeepers would be, like, um, some huge, flashy save, and a man in there would be, like, whoa. And I'd be, like. You think you could have been in the right position and taken a step to your right? And just taking a step and caught that ball. And just caught the ball. Like, Like, and they had a saying, only your mom and dad are the ones cheering on that one. Like, Oh, yeah, exactly. It's like everybody else is like, wow, what a save. And then you're in your head. I'm like, bro, I couldn't. And I'm standing there going like this. I'm like, why don't you just be in the right position, take a step to the right? 
<laughs> but I, I think you brought up you brought up a good point right there. You know, in regards to Benny, in regards to the flashiness and Suskia, to the, the flashiness is that you know people who aren't let's say trained in goalkeeping, Suskia, you know, they see that and they go, Oh, that goalkeeper has ability. So I think a lot of young goalkeepers feel like, especially in a showcase scenario, yeah. they have to make an action like that. Otherwise they won't get noticed. And that's not what I'm yeah. looking at. I'm looking at, you just made that so difficult for yourself as a coach. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, if you're, if you're in the, the you want to make the easiest safe possible. Not exactly. The, not the flashy one. That's going to end up on like a car, a card with the guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make the simple things look simple. That's right. Oh <laughs> yeah, Benny, awesome. I got to jump off. Um, uh, awesome. Come back on every time. <laughs> oh, for sure. And keep keep, keep that face pretty. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be hard. <laughs> a couple of times. I'm just – I told oh, you, yeah. I need to secure my – I need to get a wife and kids, and then don't worry. The ball can hit me anywhere. Then after that, there's oh, yeah. no need for – Anything, I love it. I know? love it. Oh, dude, you're still in your early 20s. You don't need all that yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. You're right. Oh, man. Um, well, I want to I want to talk about this right here uh, with you because, you know, we obviously were just showing some of those plays and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I think that a really important thing is a lot of goalkeepers are kind of wondering like, OK, well, how do I learn to kind of stay high like that? How do I do that discipline? And I think one thing that a lot of, you know, goalkeepers especially in in mexico do is they they use sticks and ropes to teach their bodies to be malleable and be able to be flexible from going high to low to high and not having to overcommit to going high or low yeah um here with uh my goalkeeper coach oscar doubt he tends to use like you know we'll do like some technique stuff but then he'll always like even he'll be like stay high stay high he'll tell me stay high and then because sometimes like you know it's always a learning process and he he's the one like correct uh he's he's uh checking my mistakes he's like you were too low on this play if you're high mm -hmm. you'll be able to react you know so it's like this the sticks and like you said and, and and the and the ropes it'll dictate it'll help you you know for future notice the more you practice it the more it'll help you to have it in your head for when when a reality comes into a game you know so yeah. I think, I think it helps. I think the, I think, and then just being patient is sometimes, like you said, I think more in younger goalkeepers impatience it's what like, cause they, somebody will tell them you have to be quick to the ball. You have to be, um, like you said, you have to reduce as much space as you can, but sometimes in reality, it's not, you have to sometimes have to learn how to hold that position and just be in a set position. Like I said, like ready to for the action because like if if you're always rushing a player they're never going to get you set it might help if like if you're literally right in front of the player and he has nowhere to kick it to yeah but if, if a player catches you off your line trying to run towards him it's, it's going to be easier for him to know what to do you know so I, I, think, I think i think one, just one, be patient i think one of the things that you know i've noticed personally is that especially a lot of young goalkeepers is because they're their core isn't the strongest. They the second they commit to going down or staying up, their body can't adjust on the fly. And I think some of the best goalkeepers, Benny, 
they can do that. Like, you know, we're talking about Terstegen. It's like yeah. he can be in a low position and then the ball takes a deflect or Keylor Navas and takes an Im- immediate yeah. deflection. And now all of a sudden he's able to, to kind of generate that power from his core and be able yeah. to shift across and get high immediately. Yeah, and and like you said, you're talking you're talking Kaylor Navas to me. He's one of the quickest goalkeepers. He's he's a he's a class shot stopping goalkeeper. He's super quick, like you said. Kaylor Navas is the type of goalkeeper to be low, but he's just really fast. You know, he's not the tallest guy, so it helps him that he's he's a little bit like average height and he's quick. But now you get into other cases of goalkeepers. You know, even. In the states, there's a lot of kids that are huge. They're oh, yeah. like 13, and they're already like six three. And I'm like, bro. So it's like they have <laughs> to learn how to. You have to learn how to be good with like, okay, yeah, you're tall, but just being tall isn't gonna be everything, you know. You have to, and, and that that comes with time too. Like you said, it just comes with with learning from your mistakes, you know. And time, having more experience is gonna help any kid to learn, you know, from their mistakes. So, uh, so right here, uh, Damian GK is saying, when, when do you come to Dallas, Texas to train with Pedro Cubillo? Cubillo. Do you know Pedro Cubillo? Uh, I don't know who Pedro Cubillo is. Um, (laughs) What if Pedro Cubillo is just like, is, is he a coach Damian or is he a kid that you want, that you want him to train with? (laughs) Pedro Cubillo. I've heard of the last name, I believe. I've heard of that last name, Pedro Cubillo, but... Pedro, if you're listening, oh, please. Oh, uh, I know, I know who, who it is. I think I know who okay. it is. Um, okay. Yeah, I went to go. I went to go train a couple of times on one on uh, off season with D1 goalkeepers, and uh, he it was his indoor, I believe. But there was a okay. different goalkeeper coach, and I I got the chance to train with a couple of um, with a SMU goalkeeper. She she's D1. Uh, Villanova goalkeeper Emily Alvarado, uh, Mexico's national team. So I think that's. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to go soon. Off season, yeah. I'll be over there for sure. Cool. Now, em- Emily's from Texas too, right? Is she from Texas or California? She's from El Paso. Emily's El Paso. from El Paso, okay. Okay. and uh, okay. yeah, but she went to TCU, and I'm from Fort Worth. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. And TCU is in Fort Worth. So right. it was funny because we had been following each other on social media. And I hit her up uh, during quarantine. I went yeah. home for quarantine and I literally hit her up. I was like, yo, you trying to get some training sessions in? She was like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> and we we trained all, all, all quarantine. We were training. I had a, a friend of mine that had a indoor facility. And literally me and like two other goalkeepers, we would train. And it, we had some really good sessions. We were out there being coaches. We were preparing ourselves for when we were retired. So Emily is cool. Fun, she's, was, she's the homie. It was it's funny, man, because like uh, I, I reached out to her uh, during the uh, – I think it was – might have been during the quarantine or it might have been when everything kind of came back mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, and I was trying to get a hold of her. And I think our DMs were going to like, you know, that spam box. So like I don't think she was seeing them or anything like that. So I tried yeah. to reach out. I tried to reach out to the Federation. And they did not understand what this was at all. They're like very confused. They're like, is this a newspaper? Like, what exactly yeah. are you talking about right here? I'm like, it's a goalkeeper podcast. There's like, there's no such thing. You're making this up. You're a, you're like a fan or something like that. I'm like, no, no, I swear. This is like a real thing or whatever. So uh, Emily, if you're listening, you're watching. They were like, this, nah, uh... we're not letting that happen. <laughs> I'm going to tell, um, tell Emily. I'm going to be like, yo, what's up? 
<laughs> so uh i actually have a question for you because uh did you i know oscar did some stuff yeah. here in northern california not northern california in southern california with uh impact goalkeeper academy joe velasco were you were you up here helping out with that a couple years ago were you up here for that impact impact yeah no. when- Lawrence. okay a couple years ago maybe maybe a couple years ago yeah no um <laughs> I've never really been around California except for these past two years that I've been at Cholos, but okay. no, not not okay. here. Only in okay. In I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure because I I knew he did some camps, and so I didn't know if like uh, you were starting your coaching career early by helping out at those camps. Like <laughs> I've been starting my goalkeeper coach. I've been trying to teach kids, but man, they have might you need to be teaching me some stuff? Yeah, I I um <laughs> I like to train kids because it's really hard to get um. I, I feel like it's really hard to get goalkeeping coach in uh in the states or as long as that's how it was for me growing up mm-hmm. like to get like because a lot of goalkeepers growing up I think they train with their teams they train with the ball you know like passing drills and and they just train as team players and then they get into the goal and it's like all right make the saves however you can yeah and they don't maybe they don't get like act like for kids that are like for real trying to go pro and might not have the money or resources to get into a like into a big club or if you have to pay big money or whatever it's it's hard for them to get the 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 goalkeeper the right goalkeeper training you know so i think it's cool to yeah. like cuz you see yourself in in like me growing up like i said thankfully i got the right goalkeeping uh, training and that's what really helped me cuz i think when you're young yeah. you have to learn cuz then there's a lot of kids that go try out a lot of goalkeepers or, or whatever that go try out at the age of 16, 17, but you're already competing against kids that have been in the Academy system since they were 13. So it's just, yeah. it just makes it really hard for them, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you said that because I think one of the things, and this was posted by a guy named Stan Anderson out of camp shutout uh, in Wisconsin. And he said, mm-hmm. here, here was his question on the poll on, on Twitter that he just did recently. He said, if you are a goalkeeper and you're at a club that doesn't have goal, a goalkeeper coach, should the goalkeeper have to pay the same amount as the field players because they don't have a goalkeeper coach? Or should, And if that's not the case, should the club pay for their goalkeeper coaching outside the club? What are your thoughts on that? First of all, I think the the club should look for a goalkeeper coach and have one. Like if it's a big club with more than one one division, then then maybe find one where where that goalkeeper coach will goalkeepers, you know. Um, yeah. And if not, I, I don't I don't like you said that's not a bad thing. Also, to get get that kid the goalkeeper adequate uh, you know training and find the goalkeeper coach and maybe pay for it. You know if it's because. I think it's it's really important, really key for a goalkeeper that a kid that's I don't know eleven, twelve years old, that's that's he can't he can't grow he can't grow as a goalkeeper if he doesn't have any goalkeeper training. He's never gonna learn technically like how to fall, how to dive, like how is he gonna do it? You know, it's not gonna you know there's a point where they have to learn how to fall, how to get up, you know, and absolutely. So I think. I think they should they should find a way to uh, either bring one into the club, or or pay pay for the the kids goalkeeper training. 
Yeah, I love I love it, man. And 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 by the way, guys, I know a lot of you guys have been sending some DMs with questions and stuff. There's only so many we can get to, so trust me. Uh, if we don't get to them, uh, post them on the Union on the Union Sports app, guys, uh, and we'll throw that link up there right here. If you haven't subscribed already, it's a free app. Go in there, engage, start posting your own sessions, all your training stuff. We're featuring people on the social media as well too. Um, but there is one question that I want to ask right here because this is a question that comes up a lot in the United States, Benny, um, and that's from Damien. Uh, and he says, do you recommend me to play high school soccer? Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but in the United States, a lot of players have to choose between playing for their high school or only playing for their club team. Um, I would recommend it. Like, well, like how I said, it was just like for me, um, I left at a really young age. And I, I think you would have to take in, 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 um, in notice um, like how good of your chances are of you getting into a uh, scholarship. Cause I know that's big over there going into college yeah. and all that stuff. But if it, it just, I, I think that's a hard choice, you know, high school soccer to me maybe hasn't been the best. I think it's really hard to go that route to where you do real good in, in high school and then you get picked up by a D one college. Yeah. Um, if, if there's any chance to maybe go try out for academy systems for youth systems in, in like MLS, I don't know how that works, but I think that would be a better route. It just depends on, on what somebody wants. If you exactly. want to be, if you want to become a pro, I think it would be better to, to get into a youth academy system. If you're just trying to like, um well like you know help for your scholarship in the future soccer's not really what you want play high school and then hope for a, a, a good scholarship and keep playing soccer and, so I, and think I think it just depends yeah i think i think you know one thing benny that you brought up right there i think that's really important i think honestly damien you know you kind of also have to recognize you know where are you in your development journey because you know if you say oh i want to be a pro but realistically, you're not in that in that position yet to be in that environment, then you're only going to do yourself a disservice by mm -hmm. going there and trying out when you're not ready because they're going to see you at that level. So I think part particularly, I think as, as a goalkeeper, you need reps. And if you're going to get more reps at your high school, then you're going to get going to a big club academy. You know, I personally think you should probably be if you play for your high school, you need to be playing for a club program as well, too. You can't just be playing just for your high school. Um, you need to be in an organized environment where you, you keep getting better. But the number one thing is wherever you are, keep getting better, keep growing and opportunities will kind of come for you. That, that's that's me speaking personally, um, who's who's been through the American system, despite the fact it was 100 years ago. So I'm sure it's very, very different uh, uh, now. Um, well, well, Benny, I, I don't want to keep you too long, man, but if, uh, if people want to connect with you, uh, where's the best place for them to uh, connect with you? Um, I get, wait, hold on. My friend's going to help me come put the screen. Okay. <laughs> uh, just so that I can see you because I don't like right. talking to you. <laughs> Wait, what it, was it? it? Like, it's because he got like a call. It's his laptop. He got like a oh, call. Oh, okay. And it closed everything up. And I was just like, oh my God, what do I do now? I'm not, oh, I'm not that man. good with computers. <laughs> oh, all good. But, man. Uh, so oh, I yeah, see it, you now. I see you. Okay. So in the future, just to give you a heads up. So one of the reasons you might, we have Wi-Fi issues sometimes is there's too many uh, open programs. So just close oh, okay. all the other programs um, because right. 
streaming takes a lot of bandwidth as you know playing video games and all that stuff so it's yeah. basically kind of the same the same thing um i think i don't think any a lot of tabs were open i see that but i think okay. it was just maybe he was playing in the room next door oh gotcha gotcha yeah. gotcha yeah well but i mean know. like i'm i'm down like to uh, i'm uh i appreciate you having me on here and, and for sure it, man I'm I'm down for any any other questions you know anybody might have in the future or whatever I'm you know I I I really like to help young goalkeepers and stuff and and share their opinions or their thoughts and have have me say what I think you know yeah and obviously guys if you want to reach out to us directly it's contacted inside the 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast on all socials including the union that's where we're doing most of our dms now guys so dm us on the union join the union uh again there's a smart link it's on Apple stores, Google play on your desktop. It's free engage, start posting your content guys. We really, really, really want to encourage people to get on there. It's free. There's really no, really no risk to you. You're not paying anything. So just, <laughs> just come on there and start sharing guys. And like I said, we're, we're featuring every week. We're sharing on our, on our social media, on our Instagram, you know, a certain session or a training game every day, uh, that we like from a different user. So, uh, it could be you guys. It could be you. Um, well, Benny, honestly, thanks for, for taking all the time, man. We're really excited for this. What's uh, what's kind of the next step for your journey right now? So are you are you playing with the 23s right now or what's going on? Um, I've, I haven't had the chance to get any minutes in with, with the senior team, um, but I've just been playing with the U20s, which is the reserves team. Um, well, we'll like, well, I still have contract here with Club Tijuana, so we'll see. It's basically in their hands still. But gotcha. if um if it doesn't work out here, maybe seek to go back to the states or anywhere in Mexico. Just whatever's best for my future. Like I said, at the end of the day, minutes is gonna be most important for somebody. And and I think like my mentality has always been um to enjoy every moment of it, even the bad, the good, the not so good, and just just to know where we're, you know, where I'm at, you know, just know what I have. Cause at the next season, I don't know where I might be at. It could be better. It could be worse, but you know, and, and not to get so, um, de uh, desperate cause I'm not yeah. playing, you know, yeah. right now it has been tough for me. I'm not going to lie. Not being able to play. And then you're like, Oh, I'm getting older. And then it's like, Oh, you know, but the goalkeeper position is really hard. And, like, yeah. I always take and notice other goalkeepers' examples, you know. Yeah. There's keepers that have they, – they didn't become starters till they were 26, 27. But the point is, once you get it, you have to take advantage of it, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, dude, you got, you got a, lot, you got a long, long way to go. How old are you? 23, turning 24 in December. Wow. Wow. So you still got, you still got plenty, you still got plenty of time, dude. Like, like you said, dude, most goalkeepers, their prime is until after 35. So like you got, you got plenty of time, man. Yeah. No, as if I can get to that age playing and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, like, like you said, so I, I, I see it that way. Obviously we would all love to start at the age of 20, 21. And it comes for, it comes and it comes to some goalkeepers and that's cool. I think it's dope. Like, when yeah. I see a young goalkeeper starting, debuting, or whatever, I think it's dope. Like I've I've uh, seen a Chicago Fires goalkeeper. Oh yeah, Gaga. Yeah. yeah, he's he's really young, and that's dope. And then here, like I said, whenever here in Mexico, when I see a keeper that's my age or a little bit older getting started, it, it, it's cool because it's like you know you've played against them or you're the same age, 
And it's like, uh, that's dope for them. They're, they're getting their chance now. And then you have other goalkeepers like here in Mexico. Um, Gil Alcala, who's at Pumas, he's second string right now. He was with me at Querétaro. And I saw his whole process. He didn't even get into first team till he was 21, 22. Like, without no academy, like, wow. background, no nothing. He just pushed, pushed. And then, like, he was fourth string keeper at 21, third string keeper at 23, second string keeper at like 25 and then he became a starter at 26 27 and then like he was a good he was starting for a good two three years he's second string keeper but it's like i said every keeper's process is different so you gotta be patient absolutely uh well awesome man well guys that's all the time on inside the 18 and we are out later guys yeah.